0: Welcome to the Youth Hockey Hub High School Hockey Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the Red and Black League. To learn more about the league, go to redandblackleagues.com. Now to the show, featuring YHH publisher Tony Scott, the forum guru Carl East, and the reigning most viewed high school games champion Danny Ryan. He.
1: Danny Thank you again to the Pine City Boys for that little intro there. Um, I am Danny Ryan. Now I we are joined with a special guest today and we'll get to that in two seconds and it's more than a special guest that we'll get as our interview segment, because this week we'll have on Bryce Rodzinski of Blaine. But, Carl, you're up in Duluth as per usual. Um, What's the temperature up there right now?
2: I'm trying not to think about it, Danny. I am just sitting here on my couch under a blanket, and that's good enough for me right now.
1: Um, What I heard on the radio when I was driving in, it was negative 17 with a wind chill of negative 30.
3: That sounds about right. Oof. Ugly.
1: Well, Tony, you're chiming in, too. Tony, you are not in studio right now, either.
3: No, I'm not. I'm out of the country in uh, Canmore, Alberta, uh, right between Calgary and Banff right now.
1: So, um, as we have mentioned before, Tony is a poison, and so we have kicked him out of the country and um, out of the studio.
3: I'm out of the studio. I'm just remote from now on.
2: Um, and we won't couldn't open. leave Danny alone, though. <laughs> that's very true. Um, and,
1: and Tony will be off for our next segment, but we felt like it was necessary to bring him on for a couple things. Um, and then I am joined in studio by Peter Rodney.
4: Handpicked by the Boys High School Hockey <laughs> Podcast staff.
1: Okay. Um,
4: babysit today. He's
1: yeah, been
3: that's... waiting for three years for this moment.
1: Yeah, he's been really eager to be on the podcast. And so um we're happy to have you, Peter. Thank you. Okay, so let's get to some news and nuggets then. Um some things that happened over the weekend that Tony wasn't privy to see, like hockey day. Um Yeah, I
3: can't wait to hear. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was it was quite entertaining and it was quite cold. Um Carl, why don't you start first with the hockey, your takes on Hockey Day?
2: Yeah, well, uh, speaking of cold temperatures, it was a negative 26 at puck drop on Lake Bemidji, so that was kind of cold. Uh, it was a little hard to see what was going on you know, with the ice all over the glass. Um, at the same time, though, uh, it seems like once, once the team settled in, they, the, the rink behaved pretty well. The ice was a little brittle, but they made things work, and um, ended up with a pretty entertaining first game, and... I think they'll pass off to Boogie for a, a good job yesterday.
1: Yeah, it, it looked like a really good time. Um obviously I did not go up there either because I, I value the warmth of my body. Um heat and so I did not feel like getting that cold and then but something I what kind of ticks me off while watching like the first game is you couldn't see the numbers. No. And that
2: not got at really all.
1: annoying. No, and so then, like, you can't see the numbers, and so I can't tell what's actually going on, and when Gorey's talking about how it was really cool to play for Burnsville in 1985, I can't tell what's going on in the rink, and that got kind of annoying.
2: Yeah, I thought, I thought this year, the drone cam was actually an improvement on the regular camera, just because you can actually watch things unfold.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that was true, but the first goal was filmed on the drone camera, which... Again just was like, Okay, well I can't see the puck when you're two hundred feet above and so but it's better than a helicopter, right, Carl?
2: Definitely better than a helicopter.
1: Jesus. The (laughs) helicopter opened with something that was not fun.
2: Oh, I was there. Yeah, that was was it, it was so obnoxious. It was
1: cold. Yeah. But I don't know. I I'm starting to get a little hockey day is overdone. It's the one day out of the year that FSN can claim that they can, like, cover the whole state. I don't know. What do you think of Hockey Day, Peter?
4: Uh, we we addressed this on uh, Her Ice, the Girls Hockey Podcast, and I think during 10 minutes with Tony Scott. If I was a parent or a kid or a player and I had the day off and I could enjoy Hockey Day, I might enjoy it. I might, you know, take the kids up to Bemidji for a weekend. But from a coverage standpoint, it's brutal. It's impossible. <laughs> it's uh, – I, I think it's a little over-commercialized, and I think that to the people who spend a lot of time covering the sport, I think it feels a little bit like FSN swoops in with all of their resources and all of their talent, and it feels like they get a lot of the credit for well, covering Hockey Day.
1: Well, in it, it's something that I think I was talking to Tony about.
4: They know enough to
1: be dangerous. Like, they know enough about, like, youth and high school, and then they'll just say random things, like in the Andover-Minnetonka game. Well, these are the four best defensemen in the state and it's like there's a couple kids over at Edina that would disagree and maybe Kevin Shaftgo, <laughs> like <Kester>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, uh, "No."
4: It feels like a lot of back patting, honestly. Like everybody's kind of patting uh-huh. themselves on the back like, "We're Minnesota. We're hockey. We're different. We're better." We do a game outside. <laughs> Minnesota is very good at that. <laughs> anyone yeah. who has lived that outside the state will know, <laughs> the game outside's got to be so frustrating for the players.
1: Oh yeah. Now, Tony, it did get announced that Hockey Day is coming back to the cities. Uh, did you see that? At least up in Canada, yes, I did.
3: I saw that, and I, I got. A, I, I couldn't be happier to have. Uh, Hockey Day, where I grew up playing my youth hockey at Parade uh, Ice Garden, across the street from Parade Ice Garden, where I played. Um, My take on – a quick take on on Hockey Day, it's – like you said, those people at at FSN are are generalists at best. And I was talking to you on the phone last night, Danny, and I said, let me guess, they did a story on George Palava. It's like you can't say the word Bemidji without – you know, bringing that in. If that's just kind of what you're going to get with FSN. It's just the standard delivered, right? Yeah. And that's why hockey day isn't really, for the nerds like us, it's really not that great. It's like you're you're not getting anything new or anything all that unique, if you ask me. Um, no, that's
1: the same story, Tony, every time. is It's just like, oh, George Palala died in a car crash, and he was a first-round pick. Uh, you know how many times I've heard that's. We were doing the, oh, did you hear about George Pollock? And you're like, no. It's like yeah. it's every single time.
2: It's like a Speehar segment at the theater yeah. tournament.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. it, it, it just kind you know, of just weird, dumb, kind of I guess. It loses so much of its sincerity.
3: Well, on the
1: storyline,
3: that's, line, that's my point. Yeah. Um, one so, more thing, and, and again, this is a take, and you know everybody knows I went to the University of Minnesota, and I'm a, a little bit of a gopher bobo, but Hockey Day needs to have the Gophers at 5 o'clock. I'm sorry. that's a That should be a requirement. The Gophers should play at 5 o'clock, and the, the Wilds should play after, and they should put the high school in there. It just doesn't seem the same without it the last two years.
1: Yes, I would definitely say because that's – in all intensive purposes, Gopher Hockey is the premier college team in Minnesota. Uh, not, not the right best now. team right now.
3: <laughs> not <laughs> but not but the best. It's, it's the flagship program, though. It's, it's flagged the flagship yeah. program.
1: That's what I meant by premier. It's not the best, yep. it, you know, and it's by far not the best right now. <laughs> but it's the. But <laughs> jeez, oh, when, when yeah, little dog. kids talk Are about growing dad. up and wanting
4: to play when little kids talk about growing up and wanting to play for a college program, I have yet to hear a player say, I always wanted to wear a Minnesota state uniform. Nope. No, that's that's,
1: true. That's never been there. Okay. Some other news and nuggets other than hockey day being a mile away from my place next year.
3: Um, (laughs) I think it's closer than a mile.
1: uh, Yeah. It's actually, it's, Slightly closer. It's a uh, point seven, point eight miles away. i will be. I know
2: we'll that. Bring out the measuring sticks later.
1: Well, because of how I've biked that a number of times, and so I can, you know, say how close it is.
2: Snowshoe distance.
4: Anyway.
1: Anyway, um, Nate Warner for St. Cloud Cathedral uh, um, looks like he got injured in the Virginia game on Friday, uh, possibly re-injuring his shoulder um, that. He injured earlier in the season. Nick Pierre looks to be out for four to six weeks from Hill Murray with a upper body injury, let's call it, um, which he sustained in Friday night's Edina game, not Saturday's. Um, and then Eisley is out for still water. Do you know how long for Tony? No idea. No idea. I just but have he heard is, that he
3: was banged up.
1: He is which out may have be
3: be the result of them. Not scoring against Moundsview last night.
1: We'll get to that. We'll get Ouch. to that. We'll get to that. That's a shot. Yeah. Well, shots get taken on this podcast, Peter. Just I, I delivered
2: know. the truth. Yeah. Many shots. Okay. Old. Let's
1: get to some games of the past. Um, Cretan four or Cretan five, Stillwater four. Of them. Roso three East Grand four three. I thought that was a pretty good score by um, Roso to come back and tie that one. One um, East. What?
2: East definitely won that game.
1: Was it? Oh yeah, yeah. I wrote that down front. <laughs> it's three to two, right?
2: Yeah, three, three to, two to two in
1: overtime. Yeah, sorry, three to two in overtime. Yeah, that's a classic typo. So don't worry. <laughs> East View. One, Prior like one in overtime. I thought that was a pretty good game by the Lightning right there. They haven't looked that bad of recent. Uh, Rosemount, five, Farmington, four. I thought this was an interesting score. What about you, Tony?
3: Rosemount is uh, one of those teams that I think is still the the second best team. I'm not sure how the seeding will come out, uh, but I think that's the team that could beat St.
2: Thomas when push comes to shove.
1: Yes, exactly. Is Rosemount sniffing around your top 15 still, Carl?
2: Yep, they continue to hover in the the back half of the top 15.
1: Okay. Lakeville North 4, Lakeville South 3 in overtime. Tony, you and I were at this. Obviously, always a good atmosphere when these two teams play, but you've seen a lot of Section 1 AA hockey now. Where do these two teams line up?
3: You know, it pains me to say this, but uh, I still think they're the two best teams in that section, um, and, and I don't even think it's close. Uh, Farmington will F- Farmington and Hastings. You will, we'll talk about that a little bit later. I think those teams. I've seen the two Rochester's. I don't think the two Rochester's measure snuff against those two teams. As much okay. as I'd Ma- like that to be the case.
1: Yeah, as much as we would like to see, as we talked about on our last show, somebody else other than these two squads. And I thought these two squads were pretty equally matched, Tony.
3: Uh, I, I agree. That game could have won either way. Um, it's it's a classic. Uh, it reminds me of the uh, NFC Central in football. It's like, you know, the Packers, Bears, Vikings play, to kind of throw the record books out kind of game. And, and kind of in that kind of fashion – in the old days, it was ugly football, and that was kind of ugly hockey. It was, you know, not a lot of pretty plays. Dump it in, you know, get it deep, let the other team make a mistake kind of hockey.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, Mountain West Tonka 4, Orno 3. That's a huge win for Mountain West Tonka. Um, so they could, I, it, Carl, is Orno still the number one seed in that section?
2: Uh, well, fortunately, we have a rematch here. No, no, that. But, yeah. Because <laughs> they are, I think they're certainly, they've certainly had the best season, but if you go by the usual head to head argument that you often make for conceding, they could fall out of that right now, at least.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, interesting score, uh, good score, I thought, for Matamidai 2, Hudson 1. Hudson Peter, I'm pretty sure that they're one of the top teams in Wisconsin, right?
4: They usually are the the top of Wisconsin is a little more saturated with kind of the same teams over and over, but Hudson uh they pick up some of those east metros yeah. East Metro kids that play on some of these travel teams during the summer, so Hudson's a pretty good squad,
1: so I thought that was a pretty good win by Matamidai, actually.
4: I think it's a good win by Matamidai, but I think it speaks more to Hudson's talent than it does to Matamida,
1: oh okay. Hermantown 4, Greenway 0. Carl, you were at this one?
2: Yep, it was, um, I guess I would say, every bit as lopsided as that score makes it look. Uh, Greenway really struggled to get anything going offensively, and it should be noted that they were missing you know, Ben Tromley and Cam Lance, who are two of their best players on a team that's not especially deep. But at the same time, if you know, we saw this on Hockey Day too. Greenway struggling to score goals, get much going offensively, and if they don't turn that around in sections, they, they won't have a crack at Hermantown.
1: Um, have you heard anything on the Trombley and Lance when they're returning, possibly?
2: I uh, do not have good intel there.
1: Okay. Um, Moorhead, five. St. Michael, two. Blaine, four. Centennial, one. Centennial was in that game most of the game, I want to say, which uh, we've talked about before. Centennial's kind of a pesky team. Maple Grove, three. Elk River, two. That one kind of stood out to me as um, a game that Maple Grove probably should have ran away with a little bit more. Um, A game that we all watch, except for Peter, I'm pretty sure, Um, (laughs) Minnetonka 4, Eden Prairie 0. I'll start on this one. This one felt very much like a section final game. The atmosphere was crazy. You know when you go to a game and there's a breakaway and the whole rink stands? simultaneously, that's a good game. This was 0-0 for a long stretch, and I thought Eden Prairie gave Minnetonka everything that they could handle. Um, let's start. Tony, you were watching this game on the couch?
3: Yep, yep. I, I thought the same thing, Danny. Um, I think it was 0-0 after two periods.
1: Yeah. Yep, Yeah.
3: And it's funny, I was watching an interview I retweeted today uh, that Doogie did with, uh, Darren Wilson did with the Middlestat brothers and, and Lee Smith, and they asked, he asked Lee about this. He goes, I would much, much rather play one-to-zero type games than high-scoring games. And Lee's been good at having a good defensive core, and I think he's got the defensive core that's getting better and better with every week. This is a team that can definitely win the section
2: without question. Yeah, Carl? Yeah, I think Eden Prairie's defensive improvement was also my takeaway from this game. They played very strong hockey and went toe-to-toe with Minnetonka, who was, seeing a little off for at stretches. You know, their passing wasn't quite as crisp as you usually expect out of Minnetonka. Managed to hold them off, but at the same time, they have this ability to just erupt for a couple of quick goals, and we saw that a couple times this week even. And uh, no, even, if, even if they're on the ropes, they find a way to uh, you know take control of games, which is a pretty impressive, and they're still undefeated for a reason.
1: Yeah, I, I would I would argue and contend that Minnetonka was not looking forward to Hockey Day in this game, and it was more that Eden Prairie came out to play. Yeah, I, I, don't know I would what, agree. Yeah, uh, that's kind of how I saw this one um, kind of playing out when I was there. And it was a very exciting game. And, and however this section turns out, this is, you know – the semifinals and finals for this section are going to be a lot of fun. Agreed. Okay, moving on. White Bear Lake 3, Forest Lake 2. Um, and White Bear, I'm pretty sure, had a fight back in this one, right, Carl?
2: Uh, yeah, they were down till fairly late, but then they scored in the third and then won with about two minutes left.
1: Yes. Um, and then uh, Peter. Mm-hmm. You've seen White Bear.
4: I've seen White Bear <laughs> twice this season. But if you've seen him twice, you've seen him 100 times.
1: Okay, so what's your take on them?
4: Uh, They played down, quite honestly. They needed overtime to escape Woodbury, who talent-wise shouldn't have been on the ice with White Bear. In 2016, a lot of these White Bear kids won a Bantam AA state championship. Mm-hmm. This is a state championship caliber talent that they had in Bantams, which isn't that far removed. I mean, they lose Gallatin, but they still have so many pieces. But a one-goal win over Forest Lake, and then they follow that with a one-goal win over Creighton, who talent-wise is a heck of a lot closer to White Bear than Forest Lake is. Yeah. So it's going to be low scoring. That Sometimes they take a bad penalty here or there. The thing that stood out to me in the Woodbury game, which I think follows them around a little bit, they'll take penalties on the power play, which <laughs> will negate bad. their own power play. <laughs> so it's... You know, white bear. At, white bear is not gonna. They're not gonna skate past you. They're not gonna beat you on the fast break. They're gonna play hard, but yeah. sometimes that energy is misdirected.
1: Yeah, that's like in baseball. You never want to have the first or third out at third base. You never want to take a penalty during a power play. No,
4: and I mean they let fours like battle back. They allowed two third period goals. They. I haven't seen the ability for them to extend a lead and yeah. put teams away. The way a, a top uh, a top ten team should. Sure.
1: Okay, Burnsville five, Blaine five in overtime. This was a little bit Blake. shocking to me. Blake. Blake. Sorry. Blake. Oh yeah. That'd another shocking
2: Blaine. <laughs> uh,
1: but no, Burnsville five, Blake five. I I thought that this score was a little bit interesting. I um I definitely. Thought Blake should win this game, but Burnsville's been the pesky team all season, and they will give fits in section play. I guarantee that. So, I don't know where they will line up, but that will be a tough game, whoever plays them. Um, Benild 4, Lakeville North 2. Benild is rolling. We'll talk about Benild in a couple minutes. Um, Brainerd 3, Duluth East Two. Were you watching this one, Carl? Was it streamed anywhere?
2: No, no, thankfully no.
1: <laughs> so, um, and then the Hounds lose to Moorhead. What was it? What was the score in four, Moorhead? Two. Four Carl? to
2: nothing. Four to nothing.
1: Okay. So, what what's the state of the state in Duluth right now?
2: Um, it's uh kind of wobbly right now. Um, I'm looking at this team. Now, the, the scoring issues have been there all season long. We know that they've had some trouble you know, generating consistent offense. But just look at this team right now, and the other thing that's just struck me about it has been the degree of rotation of bodies through different spots all season long. You know, they're playing three different goalies with a different line combination every night. You know, they keep you know mixing and matching and trying to find something. And at a certain level, you say, you know, you look at Duluth East over the past, know, six seasons, even, and they've they've always had this rough, rough stretch somewhere in the regular season. But, but then by the end, you know, Mike Randolph always has them playing the type of hockey he wants. He wants them playing in the playoffs. So maybe you know, you know, who am I to question things? But at the same time, it just seems like there's so many moving parts right now, so much I think pressure being ramped up by all these, you know, the, the, the the struggle to find the the right combination. That it seems like they just might, might need to just simplify things, take a step back, and just go back to basics.
1: Let me ask you this, Carl. Has Duluth East played its best hockey
2: yet? I don't think so. I mean, I, I can't name it like where... Well, I think Duluth East's best hockey has Ryder Donovan setting up a lot of goals, and that hasn't really been happening. So I think the easy answer is no.
1: Well, Peter, what's your take on East right now?
4: I think Mike Randolph is having the time of his life. I don't think Randolph <laughs> likes losing, but I think he loves experimenting and I think it, I don't think the regular season means as much to Mike Randolph as it does to the vast majority of high school coaches. He's been doing this for too long to put a ton of stock into regular season games. I think he enjoys the process. Uh, there's a quote about Larry Brown that uh, goes something like he's he's always happy when he's unhappy. I I think that Mike <laughs> Randolph enjoys the process more than he enjoys utter domination. So I think he's I think he's fine. He'll he'll have the team ready for sections.
1: Tony's any takes on East right now? What here?
4: Here's the take. So I, I'm looking through their
3: roster. They have some legit forwards. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. Ryder Donovan's a, an NHL draft pick. Logan Anderson, uh, Ricky Loud. These guys are they're really good. And and you know the, you got the Paul Kid Jones. I mean, these bring you. Know, and, and and then you have Jeanette and Zemski and and Fitzgerald. I mean, they're they have. He's got nine forwards to throw at you uh, in a game. I can't figure out. That's the, 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 the head scratchers. With that many forwards in the east side of the Lewis, how come he can't put up five goals on everybody?
1: Yeah, that one's <laughs> still a mystery. And it, it, it might be system hockey, but, you know, the system should score more than two goals on a road trip this weekend.
3: Type of thing. I left out Brendan Baker. I mean, these guys are legit goal scorers.
1: Yeah, we, we know how many Elite League players they have, on <laughs> Wow.
4: <laughs>
3: that was
4: deep. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I was just thinking the same thing.
1: <laughs> okay, moving on. Thief River Falls two, War Road One in overtime. Really good win by the crawlers there. Um for section eight A. Um and then let's get to the home and home. Edina three, Hillmurray zero. I was at that one at Aldrich, and then Hillmurray the next night wins three to two over Edina. That is a mystery because that Hill Murray team did not look like they could beat Edina any day of the week. I Okay, Tony, I'll start with you. Does this make sense to you?
3: No, not not at all. <laughs> I mean, they lose one of their, their top three or four skaters. I kept following our Twitter stream on it. I'm like, how is this happening? How is this happening? Uh, we need Eric Zimmerman in, in studio today to tell us really what happened in that game. So it, it made no sense to me.
1: Yes, that didn't make any sense to me too. Carl, does this promote Hill in your rankings at all or – Leave Hill, yeah,
2: it, what does it do? It, it bumped him up a few spots. I think splitting with a, a top, like consensus top five team should be a, a boost to your ranking. It's kind of like a, a, a college series you know, where they, you, know, you split with the top five team, hey, you're, you had a good weekend. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I, I, I can see that. But I, I still say that Hill's ceiling was the St. Thomas game that we were at, Tony.
3: That's the only time I've seen Hill, and they looked, you know, top five to me that night. So there's a top five team in Hill Murray there somewhere, but they just haven't been able to do it over 17 or 18 games. No, no, the
1: consistency with Hill has just not been there and they won't, they'll play Maple Grove this week. So I will be there on Wednesday. It will be an interesting kind of see how they bounce, you know, back or bounce forward with that one. So that one will be interesting. Um, Okay, Minnetonka, five, Andover, two. Any other takeaways, Carl, from the Hockey Day game that you want to say as far as a ranking standpoint between these two teams?
2: Sure, I was actually pretty impressed with Andover, five on five. I thought they outplayed Minnetonka for long stretches. They looked pretty good. Uh, Their issue was really uh, special teams in that burst of goals sort of towards the end of the first period, early second, and then um, I hate to say it, but the goalie change at the start of the third period. (laughs) Those were really yeah, that's, different stickers. That just
3: really
1: helped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, do you put a lot of weight into this game, then, as far as ranking, Carl?
2: Not really, but thankfully, it, you know, it didn't really change anything. In the, in the talk is still won, over still two, So it would have been more complicated if Andover had won. But I know it would be hard to say over isn't number one if they had won that game. But at the same time, it comes with a lot of asterisks, just given the conditions.
1: Yes. Um, a game that you and I both watched, I was there, you sh- watched the stream, Benil 6, Chaska 3. Um, there was that one point that Chaska stormed back to make this 4-3, to three, I'm pretty sure, and, and, yep. but then Benil put it away. Um, Benil well, put it away, <laughs> too. But... <laughs> what? Oh, well, yeah, put it away too.
2: Uh...
1: Yeah, Shane <laughs> yeah. kind of with that one.
2: He that was, dropped that was in
1: an empty netter. Uh, on himself, so it's
2: a, it was a great back pass to nobody. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the Glad goalie. Yeah, the goalie was not there to save him this time. Um, but it, I thought that Schweitzer from Benilde had a great, great game. Um, I was
2: impressed with watching Benilde in this game. I don't know what. What about you, Carl? Yeah, I was too. I thought they played a very strong game. They got a lot of weapons offensively, good players, and they were playing. Uh, it's part hockey. They, they weren't letting Chaska, you know, rush through the zone can use their skill, and they're kind of clogging things up. And, you know, it's the same thing I saw with Chaska against Develis over a month ago is that, you know, if you line up a you know, fairly disciplined defense against them, they kind of break down.
1: Yeah, they haven't been able to penetrate, you know, and get consistent scoring, I wouldn't say. They Mm -hmm. scored right away, like, 12 seconds into the game, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a a blowout now. And then it just settled down, and it got boring in stretches. And then it really heated up in the third period, and then Benil kind of took away the game. It's kind of what I saw in this whole game, and I thought Benil played pretty good hockey throughout.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they look like a smart, disciplined team, uh, whereas Chaska is still kind of, you know, if they're not making great individual plays, I'm not sure what they're doing.
1: Yes, um, a team that Benilde will play in sections maybe is Cretan. They lost to White Bear Lake two to one. Creighton continues and continues to try to find itself. Tony, what's your take on where Cretan is right now?
3: I think well, I think they're playing uh, better since the first of the year, but I just don't think that Cretan has the as as the depth that they had last year. Um, they just had they had a pretty good blue line last year. They had they were two to three lines deep last year. It seems like kind of a, one of those one line teams that isn't getting any production except from Matthew Gleason and, and, and anyone who's within fifteen feet of Matthew Gleason.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and when you can stop Matthew Gleason, you can you can stop the team. It's it seems like right now. I agree. Now Eden Prairie five, Wyzetta three. In a late conference tilt, um, Sartell two, Virginia one, Blake five, Saint Michael one, um, Bemidji B Greenway as we mentioned before in Hockey Day three to zero, Moundsview View uh, four, Stillwater zero. That probably goes as our upset of the week, you guys. Wouldn't you agree?
3: No arguments here.
2: Yep. <laughs> well. Yep. Yikes. <laughs>
3: Maybe Brainerd over East, but since East was still in the top ten at the time, weren't they, Carl?
2: They were at the time.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, A game I was at, uh, Blaine 5, Maple Grove 3. Blaine took over this game. Bryce Brodzinski scoring a hat trick. This was Blaine pretty much the whole way through. Uh, I thought their top line Played very well against Kukin and Kukin and Jannicky, but the second line for Blaine had very very good sustained offensive zone time, and that that kind of proved to be the difference in in this game is they just kept the puck in the in the zone um and Blaine continues to be a very good team, and now Carl, they have beat a good team
2: okay they have. in your book they they have beat somebody. This seems like a good transition to rankings, doesn't it? (laughs) All right. I'll just roll through my top ten as usual here. So uh, number one, Minnetonka, confirming their spot after their win on Hockey Day. Number two is Andover. Uh, Really no need to change that after losing in negative 26. Number three is Edina. I think you could have had some argument here, but with everything else moving around here, what's the oh about?
3: I I was thinking you were going to put Duluth East or Blaine there, but you know. Uh, we'll take you Dinah. I I he mean,
1: should Tony, definitely Duluthies be there. Yeah. Is, uh, is definitely deserving of that spot as Carl has They are on a nice
3: streak right now. They're on a yeah, really good streak. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: They're winning something. <laughs> Thanks. Uh number 4 <laughs> is Blaine. <laughs> yes, Blaine finally gets its due. Uh, recognition in your rankings. They are a very good team.
2: They finally got a quality win. Number five is Maple Grove. Following the Blaine loss, dropping the spot. Number six is Eden Prairie.
1: See, Carl, I would flip flop Maple Grove and Eden Prairie right now, just based mm-hmm. on the eye test of Maple Grove Blaine last night. Those teams weren't one ranking away, where Blaine and Maple Grove you know, that was a one-second, one-goal game with Jensen scoring with, like, 2.8 left.
2: Yeah, I, I certainly went back and forth on that one, and I think there's a good argument there. I would not object to someone putting Eden Prairie at five. I think they just have a few more question marks on their overall record, which is probably why they hang back for a spot for now. Number seven, St. Thomas Academy. Should be number, number
4: eight
2: one. is White Bear Lake. Number nine, Vanille St. Margaret's making its top ten debut. And number ten is Hill Murray sliding back in. So good week for private schools. A couple of them sliding on up here. Woohoo!
1: Yay! That's also why we brought Peter on the show, everybody, because Peter went to?
4: St. Bernard's, which does not exist anymore. (laughs) Aw, thanks for making me say that. Into a headset.
3: (laughs) I'm happy.
1: Instead of into my
4: pillow late at night.
3: But
1: um, uh, I would say, Carl, this week there's a lot of teams that moved into your top 10 that haven't seen the top 10 all
2: year. Uh, I think Benil's the only one. Hill has been in there. The rest have been in there. But, yeah, certainly some movement, I'm sure in the back half of the top 10.
1: Now, uh, Tony, listening to that top 10, do you see those teams sustaining top 10 that Carl has moved in?
3: Um, well, I, I no offense to the Metro West, but I think Benil has a good chance just because that schedule after Chaska isn't as tough, even though they did lose to Jefferson. I still think that they have the best chance to stay. Um, uh, Hill Murray plays just too weird of a schedule, uh, and they're way too inconsistent, as we already talked about. I think they're the one that will that will go away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, well, any teams outside of your top ten that are worth noting, Carl, other than Duluth East,
2: where are they? Duluth East is not in the top 15. They're the first team off. Uh, split up, keeps edging upward. They're at 13 now. Uh, Moorhead back at the top 15 after beating East, number 15. Those are probably the ones worth noting. So 8 A, kind of having a, a good week.
1: So would you say, Carl, that Duluth East is in the – doghouse
4: That's really cute, Danny.
3: <laughs>
4: That's the loudest silence I've ever heard.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Move
4: oh. over, Gregory.
1: <laughs>
3: uh,
1: okay, let's um get over to a different thing. Now, with that being said, there's a couple teams that, you know, are in Carl's top 10 that, you know, I I personally, you know, didn't think I would see Benil play twice. And I saw him uh, for my second time this week. And so I think that's worth noting. Now there's a couple of teams that and games that probably are more worth noting that we're going to be at going forward. Uh, Tony, you want to kind of kick off what this segment's all about?
3: Yeah. It's kind of like the old, the games you never thought you'd go to uh segment, you know, if, looking back in November like did I ever think I really really wanted to go watch Hastings play Farmington no I didn't but now I do I, I think that Hastings and Farmington are a part of the equation in section 1 AA. Uh I've seen Mayo I've seen Century I've obviously seen South and North I want to see these teams and I want to see if they have the, what it takes and Farmington's got some interesting scores to say the least uh, Hastings has some good scores I really want to see that game so what games do you guys want to see as uh,
4: fitting the same type of criteria?
1: Uh, Peter, why don't you go first?
4: I will go first. And I think this is a, a place that I've actually never been in two teams that I've never really made an effort to see uh, in the past You know, three or four years. Mound West Tonka and Orono. And I like this game because there's something special about those waters of Halstead Bay that could turn this into a <laughs> barn burner. <laughs> They're going to play uh, in early February uh war uh Mound West has got the edge over Orono. They beat the Spartans four to three on January 15th. This week.
1: This week. This week. In overtime.
4: This week. I in didn't overtime. Mention that. Close games.
1: Meets us just tuned that one out, I guess, over there.
4: You know, I I'm, I'm tuning a lot out right now. <laughs> uh they get <laughs> That's the Spartans at home and I, I like the Whitehawks.
1: Um so the Spartans are at home in that one?
4: No, the Whitehawks yep, are. Have you, they're at Mound.
1: Have you never been to at
4: that one?
1: They have very, very good chicken wild rice soup.
4: See, I'm more of a hot dog guy, though.
1: And I, I don't know if I can help you here. Dang.
4: I uh, might have to make a special trip to to, uh, to Mound.
2: Uh, what about you, Carl? Uh, well, I'll say first that we're really trying to find a, a good Minnesota River game because uh, that's a team that came out of nowhere that I think we're all paying attention to, the uh, great school or <laughs> collection of schools of LeSueur, Henderson, St. Peter, Price, United, and Cleveland. But... Um, <laughs> But but they they don't have any section games left, though, so I will go with a section game up in my neck of the woods that is looking interesting. Um, Eveleth plays Duluth-Denfeld here in Duluth in a week and a half, and you know this could be a pretty important seeding positioning game. With Greenway struggling, Denfeld has a win. Denfeld could probably claim the two seed with a win in this game. Um, Eveleth has had some flashes. They've got a little bit of talent up there, so that's just an interesting little game.
1: Yeah, that one has a lot of different stories. A lot of storylines on that one. Um, Okay, a game that I have marked on the calendar that I will go to this week. Um, There's not a lot happening on Tuesday, but Jefferson plays St. Thomas Academy. Jefferson, who, you know, tied Moorhead, who beat Benilde, you know, in St. Thomas, has had you know off nights uh on some nights i think this could be an interesting game and uh, you know personally i i like going to this game just because i'm a, from jefferson and went to st thomas so it's always enjoyable to watch you know this game on my side but i don't know if it will be as enjoyable as yours past if that's the way to put it
3: i think that'll be a good game um Twigs has these guys playing really, really well. They got a nice long streak going, uh, in the right direction streak. If you know what I'm saying, um, who knows? I mean, I, I still think St. Thomas wins the game, but it could be be interesting for a few period, couple periods.
1: Well, and it's an interesting section game as well because St. Thomas really needs to perform in this game to show the state that they are a convincing. Number one, see, going to make it to stay type of situation, which I don't think they did not do that at all in the Rosemont game. Rosemont and I played them. Would agree. Okay, Tony, you want to.
3: We've done done our rounds. We've done our rounds. We've we've
1: done our Uh, rounds. You want to prep our uh, interview that you are not a part of?
3: (laughs) Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, before, Before we get to that, I got a couple. Uh, games I want to talk about that YHH will be live streaming this week Tuesday night. We have Totino Grace and Matamida, so two top uh, A teams uh, uh, going head to head. I believe that's a pick'em game that we'll be doing later. Uh, much to uh, Peter's dismay, we are uh, broadcasting the Tonka Edina game later on in the show. You hear that he doesn't know that. So, boom, roast to you, Peter.
2: <laughs> I love these little surprises. Uh, prediction of the future. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
3: Spring Lake Park, uh, Champlin play this week, so we're going to get a chance to see uh, Brennan Boynton play in the Nets for the Rebs. Uh, Duluth comes down and takes on Prior Lake on Friday. Uh, that game will be live streamed, so Carl can watch that game from his couch. Um, Holy Family and uh, Creighton play on Saturday afternoon. And then a little bonus for you high school people that like to kind of keep up with what's coming next. Uh, the moose Goheen bantam aa championship game will be broadcasted Sunday from the White Bear Sports Center. And in addition to that, obviously, you will you can get all you want for square hockey. The YHH square Taculars this weekend, 14 games, all the quarterfinals, all the semifinals, and the championship games on YHH. Um, without further ado, we have a, a guy who spent a lot of time playing at the Blaine Super Rink. Uh, Bryce Brodzinski will be our interviewer on our uh, Red and Black League uh, player profile interview. Thanks to the Red and Black League for their support to our show, A Great League, for uh, off-season hockey, spring and fall. Uh, i got quality players that range from junior gold, JV, and all the way up to varsity. Uh, Check out redandblackleagues.com. Take it away, Danny.
1: Tony, yes, we are joined here with Blaine Sr. in Minnesota, Commit um Bryce Brodzinski Bryce how are you good how are you doing good good thanks for coming on the show and everything um let's talk a little bit you had a big game last night against Maple Grove I was happened to be at that um you got a hat trick um why don't you talk about that game for two seconds
0: uh yeah it was a it was a fun game and um definitely a preview of what our section final could be and um Uh, we knew we had to perform to, um, hopefully lock in the first seed.
1: Yeah. And it definitely had one of those section final type of atmospheres too. Um, especially when you guys play each other, um, there's not a lot of love loss between those two schools. It seems like too. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: Yes. Yes. So let's get into some questions for Bryce that we thought of, um, so first off, Bryce, I would say that you probably come from the first family of Blaine hockey. Um, you you have two brothers that are essentially playing in the league. One's playing in the AHL right now, right? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, what's it like growing up Brodzinski? I mean, what's Is there a pressure? I mean, did you want to play hockey? Uh, <laughs> what's it like growing up in a family like that?
0: Yeah, it's... It, it's tough, but, I mean, even if you didn't want to play hockey, you had to play hockey. But luckily all four of us wanted to play hockey, and, um, you know, the rivalries are, are definitely pretty big in this house, whether it's, you know, mini hockey or video games or anything.
1: Nobody wants to lose to each other. Who's the most competitive of the four of you?
0: Definitely Michael. He, he gets pretty angry whenever he loses at anything. I remember one time we were playing video games and – um my brother was in one room and Michael was in the other room and um, Easton killed him in some video game and Michael ran out of his room and went and beat the crap out of him in his room. So <laughs> definitely him
1: would have to take the cake for that one. Uh, Carl, do you got a question up there?
2: Yeah. So Bryce, we've had some controversy on this podcast in the past year because you know we had Trevor Kukin in a, few, a couple of weeks ago and he had strong opinions on the Zamboni at Fogarty which appears to be attached to a leash. Can you explain to us why that's there? Are you trying to keep it from running away? What's going on? Do you have any idea? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I don't know. I think that's where the water comes from, but I couldn't tell you because I've never seen another Zamboni with one.
2: Huh, interesting. Well, anyway, just out of curiosity, where is your favorite place to play? Uh, definitely Fogarty. What What makes it unique besides the Zamboni? <laughs>
0: Um, I, I don't know. It's it's just like you know, growing up playing there, you you get comfortable where you're playing, and um going to other rinks, you you don't like to play in front of their fans, and playing in front of the home fans always good.
2: All right, great. So, uh, Peter, what, what do you
4: have for Br- Bryce? I've got I've got a great question for Bryce. Bryce, you're a probable Mr. Hockey candidate at this point. Forty six points at this. Point of the season, Uh, there's no doubt that you're going to be there at the end. Who are some of these other players that you think might uh, be with you at the Mister Hockey Banquet?
0: Uh, There's a lot of good ones. Um, You know, Minnetonka with you know Josh Ludeke, he's a great player. I played with him for um, a lot of years growing up, and then um, Duluth East. You got Ryder Donovan. He's um, probably going to go in the draft this year. So, Um, and then you got you know Jack Jensen, who's um, coming off an injury, still having a really good year. But um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are. Um, right in the top caliber in the state.
1: Okay, well, um, Bryce, we're going to get into some games of the week and pick 'em. Do so you want to stick a, around and do some pick 'em's with us? Sure. Okay, good, good. We're we're like um, seven for seven, I think, on that Carl with players. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, still waiting for someone to say no. Someone <laughs> is going to say no eventually, though. <laughs> say no and just hang up on us. That could probably. Yeah,
4: I would listen to that <laughs> podcast just someone hung up on you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, let's talk about some games of the week that are happening that are kind of non pick'ems. Um East Grand Forks goes to Thief River Falls. This is um probably they get the one seed right now in section eight A, um, due to Thief River Falls win in overtime over War Road on the road this week. Um, looks like Maple Grove goes to Hill Murray on um Wednesday for a weird Wednesday night tilt. Now, Bryce, you guys play Hill later in the year, right? Yeah, we play them, like,
0: um, like end of um, February.
1: Okay. Um, and then Wyzetta and Blake play on Thursday. That should be a good Section 6 um, AA matchup there. A big game for Blake to kind of um, jockey for position as far as seating. Virginia and Greenway play as well on Thursday. Um, Greenway's got to find something, and they got to find something quick. Um, so – this is, would be a weird spot to see how they land for um, section rankings, right, Carl?
2: Yeah, I mean they kind of need that to stay in the top, you know, top, top conversation for the top top two, top three, three
1: Yeah, because they're kind of bouncing out of that, I would say
2: now. Mm-hmm. And the loss of Denfeld didn't help early in the season.
1: No, no, it definitely did not. On Friday, um, the Roseau Rams will come down to play St. Michael Elverville. So I will probably be at that game because it's better than driving 20 hours up to Roseau to see them. So I will be down at that game. Um, definitely kind of excited to see the Rams play there. Holy Family plays Cretan on Friday. Um, Andover plays White Bear Lake at uh, – not Friday, Saturday. Andover plays White Bear Lake at TRIA on Saturday, which should be a decent game, I would think. Um, and Edina and Eden Prairie play and Wyzetta and Minnetonka play. And I'm pretty sure there's, like, some sort of late conference jamboree on Saturday. I didn't look into that. Did you see that, Carl?
2: Mm, no.
4: <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> they know i <I'm>,
4: here.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. It, it's the late conference. We – Everything's
4: a jamboree at the Lake
1: everything's Conference. a jamboree at the Lake Conference.
4: Okay, Peter, you want to do our pick 'ems. I would like to do a pick We'll start with Roso and Moorhead.
1: You, well, let's just caveat this: uh, as we said before, Tony's up in Canada, but Tony, being Tony, wanted to give us his picks. Okay, so Roso Moorhead, who does Tony have?
4: Tony has the Spuds. Okay, unsurprisingly,
1: unpredictable.
4: Unsurpr-
1: yeah. yeah, Spuds picker all year, so. Um, who's going next?
4: Uh, I am going next, and I am also going to take the Moorhead Spuds. I like the physicality. I think that they're finding their depth a little bit later in the season. They've had good goaltending lately. Uh, I'll take the Spuds at home.
1: Okay. Peter, you're running Pickham. so who's next?
4: I am running Pick'ems. You know why I'm running pickemsbecause Because I'm going to have you go next, Daniel. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go with Roso on this one. Roso's running uh... – I think, a 12 or 13 game unbeaten streak. I uh, Rozo has a lot to prove here. They won earlier in the season between these two. So I'm going to go with um Huglin and the Rams
2: on this one.
4: Okay, that's a fair point. Carl West, what do you got?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am also going with Rozo. Um I think that they've been a the steadier team. Moreheads, I think they've shown they're capable of playing with anyone, maybe even beating everyone, but... They've been inconsistent. And I think the Rams have been just been steadily turning out wins, playing good defense, and they've got some players who can score.
4: Fair enough. You'd be a fool to argue with you, Carl. Our right, next game you got Totino <laughs> Grace and Bad oh, You're
1: gonna let Bryce pick or are you just gonna skip right over him?
4: You know, I gotta be honest, I kinda forgot he was on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Amateur. Bryce,
1: who do you got in this
0: one? Uh I'm definitely gonna go with Rosa too. You know, they got Aaron Hughlin; he's pretty good, so I'd go with them.
1: Okay. Have you, the played, mouth. have you played against Huglin then
0: before? I think i played him in, like, peewees or bams. But other than that, I haven't played with him much. But I, I always keep track of him on Twitter and stuff.
1: Is that Yeah, that's the mysterious nature of Rozo, right? You never <laughs> know who they are before they come down here. Exactly. Okay, who's next, Peter?
4: All right, we've got Totino Grace and Uh The Tony Scott has already made his pick from the lovely outskirts of Alberta, Canada. And Tony went with Matamidai. So, Daniel, I'm going to let you take these. (laughs) Very, very shocked. Daniel, take the next one.
1: Well, apparently Tony can't say any nice things about Totino, but I definitely can. Um, I've seen this team play twice now. I I like this team a lot. Um, I think that they have good goaltending with John Howell. Um, And I'm going to go with Totino on this one in the semi-upset, and they're going to take the number one seed in four, A.
4: I like where your thought process is, Daniel. I am also going to take Totino Grace,
2: despite the uh, recent loss to Champlain Park. Carl? I'm going with Matamida. I think they're the deeper team. They're the more complete team, and they are one of the top four teams in Class A.
4: Yeah,
2: fair enough. Bryce? <laughs> uh, I was
0: gonna, I'm was going. i going to go with Matamida, too. You know, they got a lot of goal-scoring on their team, so I definitely think that they can um, stick with it till the end.
4: And sounds like you and Carl are both going with the depth angle and taking Moutamida. <laughs> well, hard to argue with you. All right. Carl, I'm gonna let you take the first whack at this one. Well, second whack considering Tony already took Tonka in Edina Minnetonka. So Carl, fire away.
2: Well, you know, it's been basically a calendar year since Minnetonka last lost. They lost last last lost to Edina, and I think that's going to happen again. I think that um uh, so Minnetonka's had a couple of wobbly moments in the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, coughing up the three-goal lead to Herbentown, nearly doing the same thing against White Bear, Um, getting outplayed for stretches on hockey day. I think that they're right for a loss, and Edina, if if anyone's going to beat them, it might as well be Edina.
4: Fair enough. I'm going to take Minnetonka, and this one's hard to pick against a team that hasn't lost yet, and I don't like the fact that Edina just lost to Hill Murray.
1: Yeah, Edina did lose to them, but uh, that was also a home-and-home, let's call it, with hill murray which is kind of a weird setup there i'm going to go with um i'm going to take edina on this one i i think that um minnetonka hasn't played a d like edina yet now pegel will be hopping on thursday let me tell you i think this game is getting streamed on YHH as well
4: that's a great question
1: yeah so that's a rhetorical <laughs> question with peter, but he'll that peter you'll find out later but i'm pretty sure it is um so i think I'm going to go with Edina. I, I think that the top line of Edina
2: will be all together as well, and I think that will make the difference.
4: Excellent points. So let's check in with the actual hockey expert. expert Bryce, who do you got in Edina Minnetonka? Uh,
2: I got Minnetonka. You know, being
0: from Blaine, I don't think I could ever pick Edina to win a hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the telling argument. me
4: that the uh, the disdain for Edina stretches all the way to Blaine?
0: Oh, it stretches everywhere. <laughs>
4: All right, well, Bryce, we're going to let you take the first crack at our last game. Our last pick-em game is Blaine Andover. At Fogarty. At Fogarty. Bryce, what do you got?
0: Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals on this one.
4: I'm uh, shocked. Gary, oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Very shocking there. But um, who's up next?
4: Who's up next? Oh, Tony, I'm up. Tony take. Well, Tony take? we'll
1: save Tony's pick. Tony's, yeah,
4: We'll we'll unveil Tony's pick at the end. I am also yeah. going to take Blaine. Any reasons? Yeah, they've been hot lately. The win over Maple Grove, I think, proved a lot. I loved Maple Grove going into the game. I thought they'd be able to stem the tide of Blaine momentum. But if you get past one of the top, you know, five or six teams talent-wise in the state, uh, you'd be silly to pick against them.
2: Carl? Yeah, I'm going to jump on this train, too. I think Peter and Bryce are right. Blaine's on a roll, and they're going to keep winning.
4: Daniel?
1: I... I mean, I love Blaine's second line right now. Will Hillman, Bryce, that kid is a brick wall, it seems like. (laughs) I mean, it's hard. You guys have a two-line punch that's, you know, uh, as good or better than anybody in the state. Um, Joe Daninger and Nat has been playing very strong recently as well. Um, And every time I see you guys, I'm very impressed. And so I'm going to go with, Blaine on this one. It's kind of hard. You know, Andover's reeling right now. They just lost to an outdoor game and I just got to go with I got to go with Blaine.
4: All right, reeling reeling might be a little strong, but I think Andover might maybe uh maybe a little exhausted after playing <laughs> outside with all the hubbub of hockey day. The Mr. Tony Scott at the end of all this has selected
1: Andover. Well, it's not surprising. Um Tony's not really a bandwagon type of guy, and you know he doesn't watch a lot of hockey. He kind of goes up to Canada to see his stuff. Um, he's on so,
4: vacation right now.
1: Yeah, so he it, it makes sense that he wouldn't really know what's going on in the state.
4: Carl, would you agree with that sentiment?
2: Yeah, I mean we, we've seen his, his record on picks over the years here. It's pretty questionable. So not sure what he's thinking there, but eh, to be expected. <laughs>
4: Well, we've come to the end of our lovely Pick'Em segment. We are signing off with Bryce Brzezinski. Bryce, thank you for joining us today. Daniel, Carl, what a pleasure this has been. Thank, and
1: thank Thanks for the Red thank Black you. League as well. And um, we'll see you around the rink. Okay, thanks, Bryce, for coming
4: on. I could not tell what you're doing with your hands. And I, know, I know. Them. Sorry. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bryce, thanks for coming on. You're not going to tell what you're doing first. with your hands. Okay.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, we'll tweet it out um, so it is, you'll see it on there, okay? All right, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, see you. Bye.
2: Bye
0: looks all over their face my friends all know that i'm cool i've been this way since high school because life's never been sweeter when you're just a cake eater when it comes to hockey nobody can
1: stop me my high school team i was playing on the top three now my son is scoring piles you